You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're in the third chapter of the Mishnah of Yoma. We've gone through the taking away of the ashes, the scraping out of the remains of yesterday. And now dawn is breaking and we're getting ready for the activities of the new day. And there's an, there's an officer, there's someone in charge. We've seen this fellow before. He's called ha Mune, the person who is appointed. We don't really know who he is, but he runs all of the distribution of tasks. So when we do the eeny, meeny, miny, mo kind of counting off tasks, he's the guy that does it. And Mishnah begins, Amar lahem ha the officer says to them, im man ha go and see whether the time of the slaughtering has arrived, i.e. whether dawn has broken. Im barkai. If it's arrived, then the person that sees it says, barkai. There, it seems as if there was someone who was tasked with standing up on the roof of the Beit Midash. So he'd be standing high up and he'd be looking out for daybreak. And he'd shout out Barakai. Now, Barak is a Hebrew, Bet Resh Kuf is a Hebrew root. It means lightning. And Barak means something to do with light. Actually, it's described in the Jerusalem Talmud. I brought the Yerushalmi for you on the source sheet. And the Yerushalmi says, uh, it quotes the Mishnah, Amar Lahem Hamune, etc. And then asks, Mahu Borkai, in, in, the Tal- in the Jerusalem Talmud, it's Borkai, not Barkai. And the um, the Talmud answers back, Bareket, um, that which is sort of lightning. And then Taman Amrinan, over there they say, Brok Borka Anhar Manhara. There they say brok or borka, which you know, I'm not a lot of the versions of barakai is the same root, but then they say anhar or manhara. Nahar is another root, another word for light in Aramaic. So barakai seems to mean something like it's getting light. And then we have a word from Matityahu ben Shmuel. Matityahu ben Shmuel says. He should have said, "All the face of the the face of the whole of the east is lit up." So Matityahu ben Shmuel seems to say that the lookout has to say something a bit more than daylight. And we know this fellow Matityahu ben Shmuel because we've seen him in the Mishnah of Shkalim. Remember, in Shkalim at the beginning of the fifth chapter, we had a whole list of all the officers in the temple. And we had Yochanan ben Pinchas over the seals and Achia over the libations. And then Matityahu ben Shmuel over the lots, the inimanimo, the division of the um the division of the tasks. Seems like Matityahu ben Shmuel was the guy who was the Mumune. He was the guy who gave out all these tasks. And it's interesting that you know most of the halachic findings in the Mishnah are given in the name of a rabbi. I think this is the only one we've got that's given in the name of a temple official. But here it is, he says, and the Rambam confirms in his 
commentary that the halacha goes according to Matityahu ben Shmuel. He says, the lookout has to say, Heir Pnei Chol Mizrach. It's lit up the whole of the East. And then they ask him, someone down below asks him, Ad Sheb Chevron, even as far as Chevron? And he says, the Huomer Hain. And he says, yes. And then they're ready to go. Then they're ready to start the morning tummied. And when the lookout says, yes, it's gone all the way to Hebron. The Gemara asks, actually, well, why do they mention Hebron? And it's, it's, it's a fascinating, I, I found it such an interesting answer. I couldn't resist bringing this as well on, on the source sheet. The Lama Ad Shehu Hebron. Omer Hen, why does he say it's it's light up to Hebron? Baal Haskir Zuchut Avot. It comes to remember the merit of the patriarchs. And it's very interesting. We're starting Yom Kippur. We're going to remember the um, Isaac. We're going to rem- remember the, 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 we're going to remember Isaac who was nearly slaughtered. We're going to remember the atonement of our sins. It's as if when we enter Yom Kippur, we scrape out the old stuff, right? That's the first thing we do. And then the second thing we do is we think back to the merits of the patriarchs as we begin the process at the breaking of the dawn. And the Mishnah is going to ask, actually at a more practical level, why was all that needed? Like, why do they need to go through all this checking to see if it was light? And then he answers, Shepamachat. Alama or Halavana. One day, one time, the moon rose. Vedimu Shehir Mizrach. And they thought that the sun had risen in the east. Veshachtuit Atamid. And they actually slaughtered the Tamid offering. And then they found out they made a mistake, of course. They'd slaughtered it at night. And it's invalid, right? Well, what can you do with an invalid sacrifice? Well, you've got to burn it. The only thing you can do with it, you've got to burn it and sacrifice another one at the proper time. So, and they had to take it out to the place of burning. They had to waste it, basically. And the Gemara comments here that this is not a practical problem for Yom Kippur, because, of course, Yom Kippur falls at the beginning of the month. But um, at, towards the end of the month, towards the end of the month, the moon is rising as dawn breaks. So it seems like it was probably the end of the month they made this mistake. But anyway, they go through this process probably, maybe they go through this process every day. Anyway, and we're certainly repeating it on Yom Kippur, even though we don't think the moon is going to rise. Um, it's not The moon is not going to rise and confuse them in the east early on Yom Kippur. Once they've established that it's the right time, then they can get going. And so the Mishnah continues. And so they lead the high priest down to the place of immersion. So he's going to start by immersing himself. This is the principle. Uh, sorry, this was the principle in the temple. This was the rule in the temple. Ta'un tevila. Whoever covers his feet requires a, a tevila. Covering feet here is a euphemism for going to the toilet. Anyone who covers his feet needs an immersion. Anyone who passes water, that's another euphemism for going to the toilet. 
Ta'un kidush yadayim viraglayim. Anyone who passes water needs to wash his hands and his feet. That's essentially the rule in the temple. And more generally, Ein adam nichnas la'azara la'avodah afilu tahor ad sheyitbol. A person can't enter the temple courtyard or can't enter the to, to can't commence the service afilu tahor even if he's already clean so it's almost as if it's a a principle that yeah maybe we we maybe we don't we just don't assume he's clean we don't assume he's pure so everybody including the high priest has to immerse himself whenever they're commencing any of these activities and actually the high priest needed five different immersions and ten different sanctifications on his performance that day. They were all essentially done in the holy part of the temple. Al Beit HaParva. They had this, this Beit HaParva is a, is a room somewhere in the temple and they seem to have had a mikvah on its roof. So on the roof of the Beit HaParva, the, the high priest would immerse himself, except this one alone. So this first immersion, I guess he immersed himself in the mikveh with the regular priests. And, but the other, the other four immersions were up in Beit HaParva. And what were these five tasks? I, I, just to get a sense as to the whole order of the day, I thought it might be useful just to just understand what these five immersions are, because he's going to perform five tasks, right? And he's going to immerse himself before each task. And he's going to change clothes, by the way, between tasks. So whenever he changes clothes, he requires immersion. So he's got the morning tamid offering. He's going to wear gold. And he's going to do the confessions over the two goats. Yeah, he's going to send one goat away and sacrifice the other one. He wears white. He's going to do his own sin offering and that of a people. He wears gold. And then he dresses in white to bring the fire pan and the incense into the Holy, Holy of Holies. I mean, you can see, you know, we don't bring, and there's a midrash, right? We don't bring gold into there. And then in the afternoon, Tamid offering, that's going to be back to gold. So he, he does change his clothes five times during the course of Yom Kippur. And each time he changes his clothes, he's going to immerse himself. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.